Welcome to Decoding Parenthood, where we unleash the secrets of parenting. Today we have Dr. Arlene Gerson with us, who will talk about nutrition and how we see foods differently as adults versus children. Welcome, Dr. Gerson. Can you introduce yourself? Tell our viewers about yourself and what you do and you know how um, we are going to talk about this subject today. Great. Well, thank yep. you so much for having of me. Of course. You know, I, I think Decoding Parenthood uh, is, a, you know, it's a great service for parents. Um, and so uh, let me tell you a little bit about me. Of course. So I'm a clinical psychologist, PhD clinical psychologist, and I've spent my life working with kids of all ages. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to, to school, and so I learned the, ac the academic side, the book side. And then I have worked with kids in my clinical practice, and so I know the clinical side. Okay. And then I've been a parent, and now I'm a uh, grandparent. So, so I have the practical side as well. Right. And I hope to sort of bring today in our discussion together those three hats and be able to, as you say, uh, you know, provide some some guidance mm -hmm. on, this, on this subject from as, a, as an expert. And different perspective, right? From a professional to somebody who has, you know, you have your own child and then now you see the grandchildren. So you can give us examples, you know, from your personal, from your professional life. And I know all our viewers would appreciate that because so many times we have so many questions and you Google, but it's not what you want to know because Google is so vast. So, you know, if you could share with us, like, how do children see food? You know, we see food as healthy versus unhealthy. They just see food as food, right? So according to you, how do you think children see food? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And... Uh... And and I think an important one to think about as a parent. And so I would approach it as saying, I think kids see food differently at different ages. Like there are sort of, food has different purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, when a kid is a toddler mm -hmm. and then a preschooler and then an elementary schooler. And, and so what we know is that uh, kids... Um, view of the purpose of foods uh, sometimes doesn't match mm -hmm. what what parents want the right. purpose to be or how they want eating to play itself out. Right. But then do you think their taste buds change over the years? Like, you know, a child could be eating everything until their age of eight or so, and then all of a sudden they like only pizza. But they used to eat every single thing. So the parent is now wondering, my child used to be such a good eater. What happened? Is there like a reasoning behind it? Maybe like mentally or psychologically? You know, some of it is physiological. Okay. Right. So, so what a toddler would do in terms of their taste buds would be sort of very different because they're more consistent concerned about consistency. And so, for example, they might for a number of uh, weeks eat, uh, uh, eat, eat pasta, 
but then like they don't like it. Right. You know, and and it's not necessarily that their taste buds uh, mm -hmm. get averse of, to the pasta, but it's like their interest in it wanes. Okay. And in fact, it, it it's not it's not uncommon for kids to go through phases where they all only eat one thing. Okay. And then then they'll just like overnight switch and not eat it. You know, okay. and well, you know you. You know, they decide they want to eat raspberries as opposed to bananas. And yeah. they have like five raspberries in the refrigerator and they have a tantrum yeah. because you don't have raspberries. Yeah. How do you explain a nutritional value or, you know, how something is more healthy versus something that's less healthy? Or, you know, explain the value of food to children. One of the recommendations from uh, a nutritionist uh, is that... At a very young age, we're talking about, you know, one one to three and a half. Mm -hmm. you, you just introduce this notion of nutrition by saying it's important to eat a lot of different kinds of foods because different foods help our bodies in different ways. Okay. So you keep it positive, right? Mm -hmm. And then you say, well, hey, look at this. This orange keeps, you know, keeps our body healthy by helping our eyes be able to see. Okay. Helping our skin, you know, be, be you know, be nice and uh, mm -hmm. uh, smooth and, you know, well-oiled or whatever. You right. Know? You know, and, and then when you get to candy, right, about three kids, like, oftentimes, like, are introduced to chocolate. Right. And are introduced to lollipops. Yeah. And, you know, are introduced to... You know, things like mm -hmm. sugar, frank sugar. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of kids, they, you know, they gravitate toward it. Right. Uh, and, it, and, and some of it is the way, as parents, we teach them that for a special surprise, you're going to have candy. It, it's sort of a matter of how you present how it. How you present it and... Yeah. That you continually present it. Right. So so that a kid is going to only eat mashed potatoes doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, put in front of them different age-appropriate age options okay. and encourage them to try them. So what are your views on like a plate, you know, the plates like section plates and they have like pictures of like a fruit and like vegetables, have you ever seen those? Like yeah. they have protein. Do you think like a divided plate like that helps with children? Yes, I do. And visual, uh, visual kinds of cues for kids. Yeah. Sort of, sort of help them learn about how to eat uh, healthy foods, and and how to eat unhealthy foods in moderation. Yeah, and I also believe that it's important to keep on reminding children of what you just said. So it's not just saying it once, it's actually saying it almost every day or maybe at every meal, because you know what you put in your body helps your body grow. So if you put sugar, then it's not going to convert it into healthy but nutrients. Wanna, but you don't want to do that for young kids. Okay. You'd want to say, uh, because all sugar does to help your body 
is make you feel like you have a lot of energy for just a little bit of time. Okay. And there are other foods that we put into our body, mm-hmm. like um, bread, mm-hmm. you know, that or or like pasta, right? You know, that help our bodies in a lot of ways right. for a long period of time, right? And then when a kid gets, you know, to be uh, at late intermit, later late elementary or middle school, then you go in with some more detail. Right. Okay. You know, we as parents want to give healthy options to our children. And we go in the kitchen and cut all these fresh vegetables and make a nice vegetable stir fry, right? With a plate of rice and Everything looks amazing. And then you internally think, oh, what a wonderful job I did. You know, I'm trying to feed healthy to my child. Mm -hmm. Now your child comes to the table. And the first thing they say is, ew, I don't like this, right? So you as an adult start thinking that my child doesn't like me or doesn't like the food that I prepared when I spend all my time making it. So how would you tell the parent that that's not you? They're not rejecting you or it's not your time. It's just their choice, right? Right. And, you know, gosh, I wouldn't say it any differently than what okay. you said. Okay. You know, I I, right. I I think it's great. You know, and, and your points just to sort of reflect, yeah. you know, what you just said is that don't take it personally. Yeah. You know, um, don't uh, don't necessarily, you know, and anticipate that your kid is going to, you know, be excited and happy about uh, new foods that combine a lot of different nutritious kinds of things. Yeah. And um, and and try to try to keep it positive. So in other words, if you make the stir fry and uh, and your child just picks out the broccoli, then then you go, hey, that's a great idea. That's great that you ate the broccoli. Right. You know, what do you do? You like it? Right. You know. Yeah. It's important to respect and appreciate even that one step that they take towards trying something new. Exactly. And as a parent, we forget that all the time because we just want 100% results every time we perform something new. Right. But we are, we as adults don't like every single thing that we eat either. So, so then in terms of advice, it would be, uh, uh, always when you present something to a, a younger kid, again, different things at different ages, mm-hmm. make sure that part of the presentation and the offering are, some people call them safe foods. Okay. Foods that we know that your child is going to eat on most occasions and enjoy. Okay. So you have those safe foods that sort of are safety nets. Okay. In case they don't eat, you know, what what you think they're going to eat, what you're excited about them to eat. Right. And then don't not do stir fry again. In fact, just the opposite. Okay. Just do it Do it again. Okay. And, and, and it was like, hey, we're having stir fry. Uh, last time you ate just the broccoli. Hey, I wonder if you are going to try the carrots today. Okay. You know, because carrots are, are orange. Right. And broccoli is green. Right. And, and it's nice to eat a rainbow of colors. Right. Yes. So, so it's like it's like everything you say to your kid is in 
yeah, in the service mm-hmm. of ha- helping them establish a good relationship with food. But it doesn't happen overnight. But do you think peer pressure also happens when there may be toddlers or tools? Like, because I feel that, you know, we do family style dining here in our schools. So all the kids are served the same meal and the parent always says, oh, my child doesn't eat this at home, but they eat it here. So you, do you think, you know, when they see other children eat, it helps or, you know, it motivates them to try different things? So for example, peer pressure, another way to look at it is peer modeling. Peer modeling, okay. Right? Right. So in other words, we know that when kids see other people, parents, you know, kids, people on TV, mm-hmm. you know, do something mm-hmm. with regard to food, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to, like, pick it up and be more likely to try it. Okay. They're going to be less scared of it if they see somebody else doing it and being safe. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more interested in it because somebody else is having a good time with it. They're smiling or they're, right. you know, or they're happy while they're eating. Right. So I agree with you 100% that 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 peer pressure or peer modeling, peer modeling. Peer yep. modeling you know, is an excellent way for kids to learn. And it, and I think you, do you, do you do that? And we send a menu Home or, we or, do. Yeah. We do. So, so in other words, when when you share that menu, then parents can sort of say, "Hey, you know, did you eat this? Mm-hmm. Did you eat that?" This we also, yeah. Today? Also, in the daily reports, they will be able to see what they ate, so they're able to eat that. But it's funny because when the parent makes the same thing at home, they don't eat it at home, but they eat it here. Um, and they always say it doesn't taste the same. It doesn't taste the way the cook makes it here. And, you know, the parent always asks, well, how, how does she make it? Because I bought the same brand at home and they refuse to eat it at home. How do you teach, uh, you know, a toddler, two-year-old, three-year-old how not to waste food? Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really important thing to teach kids, not to waste uh, food. Sometimes with toddlers, parents use this strategy. You know, you, you put an age-appropriate amount mm-hmm. either in, you know, a, a plate or mm-hmm. sort of on a plate or on the t- on a table in a mat. Mm-hmm. And then you teach them that uh, when they're when they're done eating, there is you can use whatever word you want, but there's a no thank you pile. Okay. And and you want for that no thank you pile to not be really huge. And part of the way that it's not really huge is that you put uh, developmentally appropriate portions on a plate. You know, um, the, the things that you're doing, you know, uh, at home and at your school in yeah. terms of teaching kids skills mm-hmm. that not only will help them have a good relationship with food and be able to learn how to eat healthy independently, but it also has um, benefits in terms of uh, fine motor activity, mm-hmm. like being able to hold a spoon, you know, is, is sort of the, you know, the precursor behavior to holding a pencil. 
Right. Right. And right. Uh, and being able to uh, stab something with a fork, you know, and mm-hmm. put it in your mouth mm-hmm. is eye hand coordination. Right. You know, visual spatial of course uh, skills. Right. If we want to get really technical, but that's right. but that's something that in schools they look at. To what extent can a kid do something? Mm-hmm. And so, isn't it just more easy to just take the watermelon, cut it up into little cubes, mm-hmm. and you know, offer it to them? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's of course, and you also want to see how much the child actually ate. Right, instead of squishing the entire watermelon, throwing it all over the floor, maybe licking the hands, right? Then you're not going to know if my child actually even ate half of it. There is, but then you're missing out on actually being a child and learning a life skill. I I agree with you. Yeah. And and not only are you missing out on being a child and learning a life skill, but but you're you're missing out on the uh, ability to learn how to self-regulate when you put it in your body. Right. So so we're going to put on the plate, you know, portion sizes that not necessarily uh, they have to eat all of them, mm-hmm. all of the different colors of the rainbow, mm-hmm. in order to be filled mm-hmm. and satisfied. So. So one of the ways to tell if your kid is eating the, you know, what kinds of portions or if they're eating enough, mm-hmm. um, lots of concerns about whether or not they're not eating enough. Mm-hmm. But your your pediatrician, you know, your 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 kid is going to be weighed and measured, you know, and if and if a, if if a kid is falling off in weight or height, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna know about it. Mm-hmm. But you want to make eating a pleasurable experience. And so while you want your kid to use a fork <laughs> and you want your kid to feed themselves right. uh, these kinds of things, you're, you you want to sort of encourage baby steps toward them being able to do this independently. How can we make sure that they're able to enjoy the process of eating and not stress out and get upset because we have so much to do on our plates? You know, what is the balance? We have to remember that kids, young kids, uh, attention span left to their own devices, you know, is between five and ten minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 so, and so routines are really important for kids. So it doesn't have to be at six o'clock on the dot, your kid is going to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but close to six, mm-hmm. you know, if... if if they're if they're fed, either fed by feeding, if it's age appropriate, or they're eating or, by themselves, or eating by themselves to have right. an amount of time that you set aside for a meal, right? And and you want to encourage eating within that time. Now you don't necessarily want to uh, discourage continued eating if they're eating, right? Right. But you do want to you do want to discourage getting up from the table. Okay. Because because when you get up from the table, you get distracted from what you're doing. Right. And uh, and and the probability of you coming back and being as enthusiastic about something that is sort of less exciting. Right. Is very low. Right. So so to encourage your kid to to eat for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. when they get up, eating is finished. 
Right. And parents might say, oh, gosh, but they didn't eat enough and they're yeah. out a bit hungry. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is that uh, like kids are variable in terms of what they consume on a day-to-day basis. There are some days that they're going to eat a big dinner. And there are some days that they ate a big lunch and they're not going to want to eat a big dinner. In terms of parent anxiety about not having enough food in their child's body, yeah, I would say try 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 not to be anxious because you're going to know when you go to your pediatrician Mm -hmm. whether or not they have enough food in their body over the course of of a day or over the course of a. you know, of several months, right? In terms of practical tips, like Mm -hmm. I would recommend for parents to do to, one, avoid uh, uh, problems that can be avoided, and two, to encourage healthy behaviors. Okay. So increase healthy behaviors, decrease behaviors that interfere with eating uh, healthily. Okay. So, so one would be to remember that kids learn by modeling. Right. So not only do kids learn by what they see their parents do, but they also learn by what seeing other kids do either at home, if there are other siblings, mm-hmm. or at school. Okay. So, so that's really powerful. And in particular, at home, mm-hmm. if, if parents model... Uh, drinking soda, you know, mm-hmm. three times a day or mm-hmm. model grabbing a candy bar instead of sitting down and eating fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are going to see that and they're going to want that chocolate too, you know. Kids kids know that chocolate smell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so that's one thing. Modeling is very important. And then I, I think the other thing is it's important for parents to continue to introduce foods to kids. Mm-hmm. Even even if that first glance the kid says no. Sometimes it's cutting up the food a different way. Sometimes it's it's uh, letting them eat it from a fork if they don't like getting their hands messy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like not cutting up their food and letting them you know eat, eat it, it the way yep. they want it right so 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 there are things that we can do as we continue to introduce foods to kids mm-hmm. that sort of set the stage for them learning how to eat independently the right foods okay and then then i think the other parenting tip would be try to keep your cool because, you know, there's a lot going on on parents' plates, mm-hmm. a lot going on. There's work, you know, mm-hmm. there's responsibilities in the house mm-hmm. other than feeding. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's tons of stuff, you know. There's, there's you know, oftentimes being, you know, uh, you know, a daughter or a son. You know, we wear mut- multiple, multiple hats as yeah. parents. And so to remember, like, keeping your cool is really important. But... If you don't keep your cool, that's not like uh, uh, the the worst thing ever. You apologize, mm-hmm. as, yeah. as you would with not keeping your cool in any other time, right? During the day, you, right. you just apologize, and, and 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 you can say a lot of different things. You could just say, you know, um, I really want for you to, you know, to eat uh, colors of the rainbow tonight, and and I. I was just impatient. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I do agree. And I think that children are probably one of the most forgiving individuals because, you know, they they don't overthink. So when you just, you know, apologize and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I didn't listen or I'm sorry that, um, you know, I wanted you to eat this thing and you didn't and I got sad, they forgive. And, and you know, next time they're going to try and and be there for you. So, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. Just a little apology goes a long way. And then I think sort of the final uh, practical tip I would give mm-hmm. is just to recognize that eating healthily, eating good foods, eating the right foods, eating the right amount mm-hmm. is, a, is a process that happens. Teaching your child is a process that happens over time. It's a marathon, not a sprint, to teach your child uh, healthy eating habits. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going you're gonna to do some things right, and you're going to do some things that don't work out, but that's okay right? because you're going to have another chance for that teaching moment. Right. And I think parents need to not be too hard on themselves. Yeah, I love your statement that you said it's it's not a sprint, but it's more like a marathon because it's also it's a journey that, you know, you are going to cross together and it's going to take some time. So I I love that you brought that up because we as parents, we just expect quick results, but you're you're dealing with another you in your life. So it's not going to happen today or tomorrow, but it will if you keep on continuing to do it. So that was that was great insight. We would like to thank everybody for tuning in into our Decoding Parenthood. We are so grateful for Dr. Arlene Gerson to be here and for giving us this wonderful insight about food and nutrition and the choices that our children and our parents are making. And we hope that you join us in our next session. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much.